Magic cares, it doesn't give a shit. Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt often explains to his girlfriend how one day she'll need to go on Dr. Phil and insist that Matt didn't have a prison boyfriend prior to his suicide. Nobody wants to be known as the first gay dude from Alaska. <laughs> oh man, Aaron Hernandez's girlfriend, there's a real piece of work. <laughs> She's denying. She's denying everything. I like how she keeps claiming that she's known him. He can't possibly have done the things he did because she's known him since grade school. Right. And yet she doesn't know anything else about any of the bad things about him. She's like, I don't think it was... He would never kill himself. I'm like, well, did you know that he killed a bunch of other people for the thrill of it? She says he doesn't, she doesn't believe he did bitch. that. When asked if he was in a gang, she says, well, I can't be 100% sure that he wasn't, but I don't believe he was. And then, she, then she smartly said... Most times his friends were over. I was in the kitchen cooking. If she's <laughs> keeping the money, the the reason I think she has some stake in not admitting guilt for him because oh, you know, yeah. his conviction was expunged. So they, the civil suit, they can't take all his contract money. They're getting the money from the uh, from the uh, Patriots, eight million dollars for like the final. Here's the thing: the, uh, football contracts are not guaranteed, so they're year to year. So you can buy out a contract for like one year's value. So it's forty million dollar contract. They only get eight million out of it. That's still $8 million. Yeah, it's weird how we're quantifying. Like, when I think of athletes, I'm like, uh, oh, Avery Bradley only makes $8 million a year. Yeah, right. And I'm like, Jesus, like some fucking weird woman could live off that really <laughs> comfortably for the rest of her life. It's a lot It's a lot of money. I mean, what a scrub like the NBA makes like $6 million a year. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ridiculous. Although... I always remind myself that the owners make billions, so like someone has to get the money. It just shows you how much money is involved. Yeah, and the ticket prices are outrageous, but honestly, most of the money comes from TV money. So what are you going to tell, like, you know, like ESPN should try and get less money from, you know, in their TV deals or stuff, or pay less money in their TV deals? I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't go to basketball games, it's still free for you to enjoy the sport. Right, like I've watched hundreds of hours of the NBA and the uh, NFL, for example, and I've given them... Zero dollars. Yes, I don't even watch commercials. I, I, I watch on tape and speed through the commercials. So I'm not going to complain about how much money they're making. It's not coming out of my pocket. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by Media, Media Trump Mania. Wall-to-wall coverage of the reality show Doofus President has drowned out every single other news story for six months running. Media Trump Mania, when you want to make sure your entire population is desperately un- uninformed. Yeah. Is it is it like me or is like has there not been a single news story other than Trump for the last six months and like the world keeps spinning and bad shit keeps happening and there's just no attention paid to anything at all? I mean, I've seen, I've seen the actual stats of the Trump coverage. It's like the new Watergate. What else are you supposed to pay attention? No, to? No, but that was before. Like, it's a reality show guy who's the most powerful, arguably, in the top ten most powerful people in the world, not counting his corporate sponsors and the Russians. Why would you not talk about it? No, I well, first of all, they talked about all that shit before there was even Russians. They talked about all that shit. I mean, it was all Trump. But the minute he came down the staircase, he was a thing. 
because he was just he got higher ratings than anyone in the history of presidential campaigning by tenfold. So even like stations that hated him covered his like rallies in Tennessee. Yeah. And then when it became clear that he might actually win, then they started like just covering him and saying how he was Satan. And now it's like now like whether it's real half the stuff is real, half stuff isn't real, they covered exactly the same. The whole point is having a Trump headline story every single day. It's so perfect how it's literally an incarnation of the quote progressive media. The yeah. entire thing was created by them. Uh, yeah, they, they they made they have made CNBC, NBC, all have made New York Times subscriptions are up for the first time like in thirty years, and it's all because of Trump coverage. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously he deserves to be covered, but they they didn't cover even Bush, who was a Republican president, like this at all. Uh, now Trump is a walking, talking <laughs> doofus who creates a lot of this this storm, and people hate him more than they've hated any other pre- people. The opposition hates him more than they hated any other president before. But the media has certainly bought into the fact that we're just going to do this as 99.9% of our coverage. He's, is he that much different from W, though? Because I, W was a doofus. Honestly, he is so much more socially liberal than, than uh, W was. I mean, W thought Jesus talked to him and told him to go invade Iraq. Whereas, um, well, he was convinced of that by some other people. No, but, but he yeah. believed. But he was he actually had sessions where they'd have prayer sessions and Jesus would talk to him and tell him to listen to Cheney or whatever. I mean, Trump is like an atheist, whoremonger, liberal Democrat from New York. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, yes, he's got all some... Burn weird. this motherfucker to the ground. Yeah, if he didn't have to, like, get votes, he would just be, like, having, you know, studio, whatever, 54 parties at the, at the White House and banging models and, like, you know, having gay, gay friends have, uh, you know, anal up in the, in the uh, Lincoln bedroom. I mean, he's hardly a, he's hardly a conservative. Kind of lost me on that one, but Sorry. okay. Yes, but they, they, they just don't... They just, I think the people hate him mostly because... They don't think he deserves to be president because he's such a, such an ass and he's not qualified, and also because they really, really thought and wanted Hillary to win so badly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, people have not got over election night. It was such an upset. I, people don't realize what an upset that I was. I wish I would have bet on it. It, yes. it was like six thousand to one at some point. It wasn't even like that. It was like it was six thousand to one. I think people like the middle of the country probably all thought that Trump was going to win, maybe. But every single person on the coast and the media. We're just 100% certain that Hillary is going to win by 10 points or more. Uh, yeah, and I put myself in that category, too. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I, I was oh, like, I thought she was there's win for absolutely sure. no chance. But then I was like, oh, man, I am in sort of a bubble, you know? Uh, bubble. I don't think they've gotten over that. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Men Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. I know you're a big Gabori Sidibe fan. <laughs> that movie, Precious. She doesn't, want to be so known. she doesn't want to terrible. be known for just. She does not want to be known for just precious, and yet no one can name anything else she's ever so been you in. Lose, I lost all respect for the Academy Awards at that very moment because I was like, I'm going to be a you know enlightened individual and watch this art movie, and I was like, oh, this is a, a horrible film what starring Mariah, an obese woman. What about Mariah Carey? Wasn't she? In, wasn't Mariah Carey in that movie? This is what this is like. What six years ago or so? About almost eight or nine years ago. Now it was a garbage. Mo- the production value was so low. You know, I saw the I saw the uh, trailer moment when like they throw someone like uh, whoever the mom plays the mom. She actually seems pretty good because she's so evil. Uh, hits precious in the head with like a frying pan. Wasn't that Queen Latifah? No, another black woman. That's the only black woman you can name. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, she hit her in the head with a frying pan. Said you'll never be anything. And I thought I've just seen the best moment in the movie. I'm never watching this movie because <laughs> that was amazing. So uh, Gabori Sidibe wants to talk about anything but Precious, but no one can name anything they else. they got to figure in. out how they do wounds in movies. Because, like, you get head... So this is, like, routine behavior is what we're led to assume. Yes. So, like, five of those and you're dead, right? Yeah, the frying pans? 
That was oh, like a skillet. That was yeah. like a cast iron. Oh no, you could die from just one. I would think. It's like in Braveheart when he's got the the scars yes. from the swords coming yes. that close. Yeah. Like you can't have more than two of those because one of them is going to chop your head off. Uh, well, no, you got to think about this if you're a screenwriter. If you're a yeah, well, if you're a bad guy, you die from a half a sword blow. <laughs> But if you're a good guy, you can take like seven, eleven, seven, eight, nine, right through the heart, and you're still going. Yeah, that's sort of. You can take six arrows to the chest, but if it's a bad guy, you get an arrow to the shoulder. You're down. Or if that's you're it. like uh, Riggs in in uh, Lethal Weapons, yes. you know. So a round, I'm not even a gun guy, but you only got six shots in there. Yeah, you can't just be firing for two hours straight without <laughs> without reloading. Because like, how nobody do, wants to see people reload in a movie, except when they say they're out. That's the only time they say it. I'm out. What well, it's always out? when they they got the they're gonna blow the guy's head off, but then it clicks. You know, that's always when they're out. But how would you even? Because I don't carry a gun around. You just carry loose bullets around in your pockets, like change. Well, no, if it's a if it's a if it's to a reload, if it's a clip, you would c- carry clips. Oh, a clip, right? Yeah. So not oh, many okay. people use revolvers anymore. I don't think. <laughs> the old school in the movies. I told you I wasn't a gun guy. But the belts had the the, the belts had bullets in the in the belts around them. In the old west, they had the belt the bullets in the belt. Oh yeah, um, hipsters wear those now, but they're mock. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're, they're fake. No belt anymore. I right, back to uh, chunky Gabor Sidibe. So after Precious, they were talking about how like finally large ladies were going to get all these roles, like leading roles in movies, and then everyone who was paying for the movies go, yeah, that's not going to happen because <laughs> we. So the next time we need a movie about like a, a fat teenager being hit with in the head with a skillet, you're you're there. You tell me, Wonder Woman's not going to have a muffin top. No. In fact, by the way, speaking of Wonder Woman, there's uh, a lot of fury over the fact that Wonder Woman is a uh, slender woman, and that they signed a deal. Warner Bros. signed a deal with Think Thin Bars to co-promote the movie, mm-hmm. and how thin is such an evil word, and they really shouldn't promote it, even though Wonder Woman is really really thin. Wonder Woman, uh, yeah, has like fake tits and is is thin. She's literally thin. Gal, Gal Gadot, the uh, actress who's playing her, had to lose like she was a race slider, had to lose weight to fit into the costume, and that's sort of what everyone agreed they well, wanted. Do to we see. want like if Bruce Wayne, uh, if we're making it like realistic, he would be built like Donald Trump. Like why would why would this billionaire? Oh, it goes both error. ways. Did you have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? The no. Second, well, first one or the second one? I mean, Chris Pratt is ripped. I mean, he's just Shredded. like totally ripped. And if you remember him from Parks and Rec, he was like a pudgy, overweight dude. So clearly he put himself in some kind of gym hell to get in shape for the movie. So it's not like it's just women. I mean, men have to do it too. Men are, in fact, my complaint is men are topless in too many movies now. There's topless guys in every single There's action There's butt movie. shots, too, that I don't need. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's, that's Do whole... chicks like the butt? Like in uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Gone I, Girl? I just assume it's a gay dude's working on the films. Love that stuff. Yeah. It's also a way of showing your avant-garde. To show the male ass, it's some way of showing that like you you've reached equality, some you know equality but for, for male nudity, but they can't show the front, so they show the male ass a lot. Now, can I get back to big big old good boy? At what to point do? is <laughs> you're uh, taking you're taking me away from the largest lady on the planet? Is someone going to show their asshole in a movie at some uh, point? Well, they do, but not those are the movies that Brian watches late at night. <laughs> All right, sorry. Good boy, Sadibe uh, walked into a Chanel store in Chicago. You've been there before, Matt. Uh, oh, this is in Chicago. Yes, it was Chicago. Oh, okay. Does that make a difference to you? I pictured Manhattan for some reason. Well, Chicago's like a lesser Manhattan. The Miracle, the Miracle uh, Mile in the Chicago has all the, like, the upscale stores there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she walked it's to the Chanel store people. and claimed she was, uh, yes, she claimed she was uh, mistreated by the saleswoman who told her to go across. She said she was looking for glasses, and the woman told her, the bitchy store woman in Chanel told her to go across the street to a prescription eye store. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, could be very well your response if you think someone's walking into your like little crappy accessory upscale store. Well, it like, appears that she has some serious genetic um, 
I, I would say deficiencies or some sort of mutation. So I wouldn't Gabori. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that her eyesight is off. Not that I'm not saying that everyone because she's would, so fat that her eyes are sh- nearly shut together. I just feel like everything about her is off. Well, she's a lot. Interesting enough. Interesting enough. There's been a lot of stories of how she lost a lot of weight in the last year. Does not show, by the way. When someone what, goes, not, from, well, not in her head. When someone goes from 400 to 350, that's a lot. Of, that's a kind of. <laughs> That's 50 pound weight loss, but you don't notice it that much, to be honest. Yeah. It's not that obvious. It's like, what'd you do? Well, instead of eating the entire uh, bag of Doritos, I, I just eat half the bag. It's like, well, am I supposed to applaud you? You feel like the first 50 would come off really fast if you're 400? If you're like a uh, just degenerate piece of shit, you can lose 50 pounds just by not drinking Coke. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, you guys who just dropped, stopped drinking beer at, you know, all the guys' beer, beer, beer rallies. They lose fifty pounds, like from not drinking beer for like six months. So if I stopped drinking beer, would I be real shredded at this point? No, you'd you'd be the opposite. You'd look like a Boris Adibe. <laughs> You're just cursed with bad genes. So she claims that not only in the store that this woman who told her to go to the other store not only was was black shaming her was black was racist. I call it black shaming, Matt, uh, but also fat shaming her. Although the interviewer who asked her might have brought up fat shaming, she kind of jumped on the fat shaming bandwagon. Uh, Matt, are you allowed to double down on shamings, or should you be limited to one victim victim shaming? Are you allowed to go for two? Uh, I don't understand what about it is fat shaming, other than I know that only the the for the most part incredibly poor people are the ones that are morbidly obese. Because well, so that's the thing. I mean, so she claims that the woman like looked at her like obviously this woman is not a Chanel type customer. And I was thinking, if I worked at Chanel, that's exactly what I would be. Th- that's exactly what I would be thinking. I mean, fuck, I don't want to work at Chanel, but if as long as I'm here, I'm probably not seeing a lot of sort of obese w- women coming into this place. But and- you do still wear the same sunglasses, like you know. I'm a taller guy, and I I have a hard time finding clothes. But your your head, your sunglasses size is always the same. So yeah. I, I don't get why fat. But you made the demographic point. How many, like, so people who shop in the Miracle Mile Chanel store in Chicago or Manhattan or L.A. are all exceedingly, generally exceedingly wealthy people, people with large amounts of disposable income? Yeah. What percentage of those wealthy people in major cities are morbidly obese? It's very low, right? Well, yeah. I mean, well, just look, well-off people, they don't eat a lot of... uh, can process foods, you know, for the most part. You know, I mean, how many people, how many, if you walked into, yes, America has an obesity problem, but the Chanel store, upscale Chanel and, and, and fucking, you know, Rodeo Drive stores are the least likely place to see the, the uh, fat people. So, it's, it's a lot. Um, other than other than the people coming just to look around just to, for a hoot. And you know, have you ever worked in sales before? Fuck no. But <laughs> I, I would have. definitely profile the shit out of people. I if have. I did. And when people, when you spot someone come, and you're working on commission and you spot someone coming in just to browse, they're like fucking Hitler. You just want to like, you just want to kill them because anyone who's going to waste five minutes of your time not buying is just like you, they're taking money. Out, they're basically just taking money out of your pocket. Well, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, I read an article that said the most successful salespeople don't profile because, you know, Bill Gates could walk in in, in dirty uh, flip flops and a and a you know a hoodie and you wouldn't know who he is and I think that's true for the most part. Um, I'm taking my chance that Bill Gates not walking in my store that day, but I guess if I saw uh, nowadays if you see a bespectacled nerdy looking dude, you might assume he has money just because of the nerd culture, perhaps. Yeah, or just I mean, like really, 
it's it's only the sort of upper middle class that try and put on these fronts, you know? Like, people that are actually wealthy don't give a flying fuck what you think about them. No, they don't. Well, except for the women who shop at Chanel stores. You've obviously never been there like I have. It's all women flaunting their wealth. I haven't been. Also, I'd like to say, please do profile me, because if I go into a store, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Oh, you're totally being profiled. If you walked into, like, a Mercedes dealership, I've you would have that. to, like, actually play a Vuvuzuela... Like, blow it on a horn before someone would come see you and ask you if you're interested in the S500. Uh, not true. Have really? you ever heard of lying? <laughs> no, they're looking at you. <laughs> they're profiling you. They look, I mean, actually, if you walk, I mean, as a guy, if you walk into like an upscale dealership, they profile, they look at you like up and down, not just in West Hollywood version. That. Oh, I know, but that's when they come up and you say something like, uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, hold on, my broker. Like, literally just one little thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. You try saying, like, we take us for a test drive, and they'll look at you like, yeah, get the fuck out of my Dude, head. I drove a fucking $200,000 car when it I was just, shopping for my Hyundai. It took me. I was sold, so my... Uh, my it's all bro- confidence. My brother had an NSX, an Acura NSX, which nobody ever bought because it was a completely stupid thing to buy. <laughs> Uh, and it was like, you know what I'm talking about. That, Is that an expensive vehicle? It's like that's, it looks like a Ferrari, but it was made by Acura, and they made like very few every year. And it turned out to be like completely malfunctional, and you had to change tires like every thousand miles on it. Nobody wanted one, but I was helping him sell the Acura NSX. Uh, I don't know how I got that task. And then I realized after a while that like I was getting tons of phone calls to come test drive it. And then I realized everyone just wanted to fucking test drive it. So I went out with these fucking motherfuckers like going 150 miles around corners. They didn't care if they crashed it. I thought I was going to die like several times. They go like, yeah, I'm not interested. Like it took me like 10 rides into this to realize that people were just coming by to ride it for free. If you ever feel like you're questioning yourself like, oh, man, I haven't achieved as much as I want. Just realize there are guys out there responding to Craigslist ads to test drive a used car. I I think that thing went fast. All right, I'm going to get off Gabor's DVA. The whole thing is... I believe you should only you can only claim victimhood in one type of shaming. When you start doubling down, you've lo- you kind of lost me. So I think you should go for fat shaming only because that one's very obvious. No, I would argue that if anything, it would be racial. I don't see what the fat would have because you can't you can't the racial one would be harder to prove. Whereas the fat one, she's clearly like the fattest person you know. So you have to figure in Chicago store there'd be black women walking in all the time, but a woman of that size and girth is sort of enormous. Might actually stick out. I almost just feel like like as a salesperson. Maybe it was neither. It was just like, just, I don't, like, you're, I don't want to look at you anymore. You're like, you're kind of bumming me out. Yeah, you're ruining, you're ruining the whole store thing. I would have said this is Sbarro's, like, down the street. You can go, go <laughs> the worst chain yes. in all of the world. Now, let me ask you, switching topics to women who pee on airplanes. Uh, I know sometimes you're on a long flight and you had a couple of cocktails and you can't make it to the lavatory couple. Was that Gerard Depardieu who actually just got loaded and just peed right in the eye? It was. Yes. So you get morbidly obese, man. He got, he's bigger than Gabor Sidibe now, I think. He claims and I believe him that he drinks around 12 bottles of wine a day. Yeah, I can see that. That's a lot of calories and yes. like how are you still alive? I mean, that's this guy should be studied once he dies in the Smithsonian. Well, he does look like he's about running about 350 pounds now, so that definitely put on some weight. He pee, he just got up and peed right in the middle of the aisle because he was tired. But wouldn't you assume if you drank 14 bottles of wine a day, you would die within like uh, a, a, a week? That seems like, well, so what, that's about uh, wine bottles, about four shots of liquor, something like that? That's um, a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I think about Let's it. See, it's like yeah, yeah, you're right. He's exaggerating. Just had like six. 
Uh, Even so. So Nicole Harper. So here's the thing. Everyone now has to complain about what their treatment on airlines. So for millions of years, we've all been mistreated on airlines. Airlines have been shitty, shitty experiences. But for some reason last year, everyone's been allowed to complain about it. Since the doctor got dragged off with a bloody face, now everyone's got to tell their story, their horrible airline story. We all have them, right? We've all been mistreated in our minds by some airline employee at some reason. I've been intellectually tortured by the airlines. I, I was never um, dragged off a plane because I, I find intellectual torture to be difficult with you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> almost, um, almost unbelievable. Well, no, when you're talking to, well, all right, I'm not going to. Airline travel has become like just like a giant bus, central bus Greyhound travel. Well, it's because right? they were. If I can do a quick little aside, it's yes. because they were able to. Uh, conglomerate and subvert many antitrust laws which were put in place a long time ago for this very reason so now they're abusing the fact that there's less competition three people own the airlines but also you can now get across country like 60 bucks if you go at the right time so like airline travel has become affordable for everybody it's actually cheaper like i can get to san francisco cheaper than i can drive there now Mm -hmm. so it's actually versus the price of gas it's actually cheaper if you can get like an advanced ticket on certain airlines to fly versus actually drive so the price has, it's made it affordable for basically... And now you're like hoarded in with a bunch of fucking toothless hillbillies. Yes, yes, yes. And there's nothing. There's no worse value, unfortunately, than first class. It's like, so this ticket's uh, 74 bucks. First class, only $1,700. And you're you like, get a glass of fuck. Sh- you get a glass of champagne. Like, I'd almost pay double, t- but this is... And a hot towel. This is not... You'd have to be really rich to really justify, like, just not care about money, justify first class, or have your business pay for it. Yeah, no one in first class is paying out of their no, pocket. No, they can't. You could just be an idiot. Absolutely no one. If you have that kind of money, you're flying private. So now everyone who's being, everyone who feels they've been slided on the airlines or at airports now has to go on Facebook or go on the news and report how United Airlines, especially United, because United Airlines is so horrible. While Delta and American are just ideals of customers, ideals of customer service for some reason. A lot of people are gonna say like, "Oh, after this, I'm never flying United again." Oh yeah, right. There's only three airlines. First off. And second yeah. of all, the other two have killed people. I've said that about every fucking flight I've been on. Yes. So now it's just like a round robin type of situation. Yeah, I like the people who are never using Uber again, people never drinking Coke again, or they're never going to Target again or Walmart again. It's such a, such a joke. You can, if you want to give up something, give up something you don't use in the first place, if you want to be smart about stuff. Uh, so Nicole Harper, let me get back to Nicole Harper. So she was flying on a flight from KC to Houston, which I can't imagine is longer than about an hour and a half. Let me tell you about Nicole Harper. She has an overactive bladder, Matt. Mm. Imagine being stuck on a flight when you have overactive <laughs> overactive bladder. I don't uh, even know what overactive bladder is, but I think it just means you have to pee a lot, right? Well, let's just say I was at the airport bar for a couple hours. I, at that point, have an overactive bladder because, you know, when you drink alcohol, your um, kidneys are stimulated. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh. I've been blessed with a nice bladder in my life, I have to say. Oh, me too. Genetically, I've been, I've been flailed by many other things. But I've always had a good, I've always had a good bladder when out drinking. So I don't have to like, I don't have to be that guy who gets up at, like, at the ball game eight times to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I hate those people. It's a good quality. You ever like have to pee in a bottle because, and then like you look at how much you you filled up the bottle and you're impressed with yourself. No, I have other hobbies, man. Okay, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't do that. But I do hate like when I go to a baseball game and guys get up like guys, men, women. I understand for whatever reason, but guys get up like eight times during the game because they're drinking beers. They have to keep peeing. Yeah, it just seems very unmanly to have to go to the laboratory. It's so like. annoying when you're on a road trip and yes. everyone's drinking the Bud Lights, and you got to keep pulling over. It's like, dude, if you can't handle it, uh, stop take drinking. a shot of Jack or something. Yeah, like, or stop drinking or peeing that bottle you carry around, Matt. Uh, <laughs> so Nicole Harper has an overactive bladder. The flight, by the way, which was not even a United Airlines flight, it was a Mesa Airlines flight, which is like a 
local carrier subbed out for United. You know, they have the Horizon and Mace, these other ones that actually are they're they're booked by the airline, but they're not. Part this of is one United. of those shaky yes. two, two seats yes. on each side. Yes. You got to duck to walk down there. Yeah, the flies are like, like repurposed from Vietnam. Those things freak <laughs> me out, man. I used to fly in a six-person prop plane all the time in the south in southeast around Atlanta, and that was super scary. That's when like you knew the pilots were drunk, and it didn't really matter. It didn't really nobody give a shit. Yeah. Uh, so she had to pee. The flight was like in landing, whatever they you know for some reason when you're on a when you're on a short flight, there's like a. 10-minute window when you can actually get up. Mm-hmm. There's a very, very short window, and every woman runs to the back to get to the You're either going up or going down. But. You're going up, you're going down. The, the seatbelt thing is always seems to be on. This was a shaky flight, and so they were told, everyone was told to stay in her seat. She has an overactive bladder. She's told to stay in her seat. She said, but I have an overactive bladder. I need to pee. And the flight attendant, very cruelly, Matt, said, you cannot get up. And then Nicole Harper said, came with an ingenious plan, well, give me a cup. <laughs> Do you know what happens next, Matt? Um, she, I'm trying. I know what happens that she peed in the cups, but I'm trying to get the logistics. Like, I don't know. Was someone I, sitting next to her as she like squatted over the cup? I could, I could clearly picture a guy doing this under a blanket. It's harder for me to picture a woman bushing it in her airline, in her airline seat. So I, I believe it's impossible. So she, well, <laughs> to not get impo- it all in the cup, not impossible. Well, not impossible, Matt, because she might fill up one cup and ask for a second cup. Because she she was highly highly overactive, she said the whole process was demeaning. Which, by the way, if someone forces you to pee into a cup on an airline seat, is demeaning. It does sound degrading. Yeah. But it was her. It was by the way, it was her idea to grab the cups and pee. So I think a lot of women that have this condition, I think wear what like the pens or they wear the, those diaper underpants or like the kiss they leak right. Uh, I don't. I feel like she doesn't have like a she medically was- like a condition that's. You know, like uh, I've seen Lisa Ren in these commercials. They make com- they make underpants for women who leak, right? When you know, usually when they're older, this woman was only like in her thirties, but they do make underwear like in case she well, leaks. I, I don't think she like pisses her pants walking around Indianapolis or whatever fucking town she lives in. But no, but what 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 joy to be stuck on an airplane told you can't use the lavatory and just let go and you let go in your pants. That's a well, nice here's, uh, that's a nice experience if you ask me. I, I don't I don't know your question, but my like <laughs> what I would say is. Here's what you do on an airline. Someone says, uh, sir, you can't go in the bathroom. You pretend you don't hear them, and then you go into the bathroom because well, I there, can see there are no repercussions. The, the, the flight attendants are, well, no, you get the, the Chicago police come on and beat your ass. That could happen. Uh, if you're if you're a down low uh, twink loving doctor, then Chicago police come not on. Not if you play it right. Like, I agree. All, I think all this shit is gone. Like, everyone always wants to tell you what to do. They don't have any real power. No, they don't. Unless you're talking about the police. They will kill you. I have been on one. They will kill you. The flight attendants, by the way, I've been on one in my life. I've been on one emergency landing. A plane had an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. We took off from a plane. There was a fire on the plane or smoke through the plane. And they, they emergency landing. And the flight attendants, to a person, it was all women, I believe. might have been one gay guy. Started screaming and freaking out and swearing. <laughs> Completely lost their shit. And like someone just was like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Shut the fuck up! We're going down." <laughs> like I'm like, "Okay, thanks. That's great." I mean, literally, the people in charge of your safety are just cocktail waitresses. Yeah, yeah. just completely lost. Well, their there's shit. no one normal. They're either way too professional, like robotically, you know, fucking Orwell shit. Or, or yeah, they're just essentially homeless people. But they're not ex-military trained in like high, in you know, high uh, stakes, uh, you know, 
conflicts. I mean, the, 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 their, this emergency landing was also their first emergency landing. Yeah, they've trained in their little little virtual reality thing before where they're all like, sir, please, if you could take your seat. But they're all screaming like, fuck, 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 we're going down. Like, I'm like, that's really They're helpful. all hung over as shit. <laughs> yes. They were getting railed by some <laughs> yes. random fucking Brazilian guy they met at the airport the day before. They, you know, they haven't slept. I mean, literally, they, have, they always tell you they have one job, which is passenger safety, and they're not equipped to do that. They're not equipped for that one job. So I hate them, and I've sorry. I've stopped being nice because they will they will only accommodate you as far as you allow them to. Like they really don't want to do anything; they want to go sit in the back. Well, I feel like they're wait they're basically waiters and waitresses, right? And I feel the same way about waiters and waitresses, which is they know their job is shitty and they're upset at you before you even get on the plane. And then the minute you like give them give them a reason to be bitchy, they're gonna be bitchy to you because they're just unhappy. So it's kind of like no. the woman in the Chanel store. The minute she has any reason to be a bitch, she's going to be a bitch. I don't have that many bad experiences with waitresses or waiters, though, whereas I feel like I have a, a pretty pretty consistent well, bad experience. Well, you were a former waiter, so you have the former waiter look, where you're, like, you're, you're genteel with them. That's true, yeah, because I'm like, fuck, I know that you're hating this so much. Uh, so Nicole Harper, so here's a weird thing. So after they made her pee, after, well, after she... Chose to pee in two cups, fill two cups up from her vagina. I don't know how she did that. So women, all right, sorry. So women can apparently cut their pee off, and it's it's not like it starts burning. I don't know. I've never been a woman. Like nor a camel. Pee, pee as a woman. I think I would think filling even as a man. I would think filling up two airline cups of pee without spilling would be very difficult. Are we talking airplane? about the, those shallow little cups, know. like that they put the soda in? I guess so. Those are like three ounces. Well, that's why she filled up two. But I would think the transfer between the first cup and the second cup would be the most difficult. Because huh. I, I, now I'm recalling the time I did pee in a bottle. And when, it's, when you start to get towards the top and you have to stop. because It's, it's hard to gauge because yes. you're feeling yes. the weight in yes. your hand. Yes. But you're, you're multitasking, so you, you can't really look at the, the fluid level coming up to you the really top. You really need an understanding partner in that situation. <laughs> so after she filled the two cups up, then the airline flight attendant, I guess this is protocol or something, uh, walked her, escorted her back to the lavatory to dump out the pee out of her cups. That seems pointless. It seems like the better idea would have been just, if you're going to make her do that, just have her walk her back and have her pee in the toilet in the first place. Well, Is that's it- why you ignore them when they say, sir, you can't get up. That, that's, or, or ma'am. That's why you simply say, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a fuck what you're saying. I have to piss. Well, that's you, Matt. This is a woman, uh, so she's in a uh, you know protected category, protected category class, and not to mention one with a medical condition such as hyperactive bladder disorder. So here's the thing: she felt really bad. Not only did this, ha- did she have to pee in a cup. Although again, her option uh, on the airplane uh, after the plane landed, she was told she had to wait on the plane. She had to speak to the pilot, and then she had to be taken off, file a, a report saying she peed on the airplane, and then have hazmat crews come up and clean the seat. Even though she insisted that she had not tinkled on the seat. Okay. So no one's really right in this situation. Um, I would almost side with the airline at this point. But again, when someone says... So they have forms on all kind of airlines. When, like, I go to, like an incident report. There's an incident report for everything. Well, I go to Hawaii a lot of the time and they have this thing where you have to declare whatever fruits and vegetables you have. Yes. So what you do with that, much like a jury summons, is you... you ignore it crumple it up yes. or simply put it in the seat pocket in front of you. So she's a fucking idiot for sticking around and inconveniencing herself while they had to do whatever bureaucratic horse shit they were doing. Uh, but on the other hand, aren't you kind of glad? I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to side with the airlines. Aren't you glad they have rules in place that like say, oh, when somebody urinates in their seat, we have to have an inspection and hazmat has to come out and clean the seats and she has to show us where she peed. 
Isn't that like, it sounds like really fascist and abusive, but isn't that kind of like what you want as a person who's sitting in the seat on the next on the next segment? I don't know. Like, yeah, in, in theory, yes. Like, I don't want to get Ebola from the fucking airplane, but airplanes are so filthy. Like, I, I don't yeah, know when this not- started. I've seen people vomit on like four separate occasions on an airplane and no one ever to my knowledge, wrote up a, a TSA report. Wait, wait, that was you on all four occasions, right? <laughs> just, just pointing out the bag only holds so much. Well, though, here's the thing. I am generally, I'm a libertarian, as you know, and I'm very against the, the whole fascist order and rule. Pe- people make a lot of rules for no reason, all stuff like that. But I think airlines and air, air travel is the one place where I want people to be Nazis when they're running the thing. Yeah. Because I feel like if you gave people an inch, and you've seen, if you give people an inch on airplanes, all sorts of shit starts happening. The general passengers on airplanes today are not suit-wearing, like, dignified people. <laughs> they no. are people who are, like... It's like hobos. It's like homeless. Like, if you let a homeless person sleep in front of your place one night, it's not like they're going to say, thank you, sir. That was really enjoyable. I'll, I'll see you again. Our paths may, tr- may cross one day again. No, they're there, and their three friends are there the next night. They, yeah. You cannot give people any leeway in airplanes, because the minute you do, there's fucking, like, goats and lambs and well, yeah, all sorts of biblical shit I was on a flight the recently. There was a dog, and not like a... I don't. First of all, if you're not blind or like uh, having seizures, you should not be able to have a service dog. Period. Yes. Um, so there was this dog. It looked like a retarded lassie, like <laughs> like long hair, like shedding. Yes. So I go up to the, um, which is great if you're allergic to dogs, by the way. Yeah. So that's what I said to the agent. I go, I'm allergic to dogs, which is uh, false. I'm not actually. But I figured, you know, we're already at a premium for space, more so than almost any situation. Were, on you, Earth. were you hoping for a first class upgrade on that one? No, no. I just I didn't want the people to fly, if, you know, because I, I just don't think you should be able to bring your dog on like that. I love dogs, and I totally agree with you on that. Imagine if everyone had a dog. It, it would be uh, you couldn't even come up with something as frightening in like fucking Soviet. Everybody has Siberia an animal. Or some everyone shit. has an animal and an oversized suitcase they're trying to stuff into a tiny little overhead compartment. And and meat. And they're always carrying meat. People are always bringing the food st- meat snacks and fruit snacks. And there was that couple, that family got kicked off the plane for bringing a cake on. And someone else was bringing some other shit on. But the on. airlines are bringing it on themselves because they're like, we're going to surcharge you. So everyone's like, all right, I'm just going to carry a fucking you know, love seat onto the fucking plane. <laughs> they are. It's like, they're moving. Like You're bringing it on themselves. The man. cardboard suitcases from overseas. The people with the cardboard suitcases. I I just feel like I want airline. I just when I get on an airplane, I just want to forget that I'm on an airplane and would get to where I'm going and pretend I'm not there. Yeah. And I want this is the one time I want the fascist state to exist is on airplane travel. I want everyone in their seats, not moving, not bringing livestock or or their urine, urinating <laughs> cups. Well, the or fascist like having state. Se- even having sex in the plane. I don't want any of that shit going on. I just want to get to where I'm going. Everyone has to keep their armpits down. I've never had sex on a plane. Uh, no, I haven't either, but I know people do. I just want, no, I want, I don't want, I want like four hours of just people, like automated robots, not doing shit and being beaten with a baton if they, if they, it's, step it's out interesting line. because I think a sort of fascist state is what's created this environment for them to, um, you know, essentially that we're so dependent on these three companies. But yeah, now that we're at this point, I, I would agree. Like, just one bag, like one one bag, and that's it. You got to wear a shirt. You got to wear pants. Uh, we can't stop you from passing gas, sir. Uh, but if you have a hacking cough, you're not allowed on the plane. Just put a fucking mask. Put a fucking mask on. If you have to, eat, this is a ninety minute flight. If you feel the need to eat a, a liver sandwich, you're gonna have to wait till we land. How about uh, how about you don't have a baby? 
Yes, no babies either. I don't want babies on planes. I mean, like, uh, I, I don't... No animals, no babies, no people with uh, flatulence. I'm kind of, like, so self-centered, uh, or maybe I have OCD, but, like, a baby... Cra- so I had a neighbor that was a literal crackhead. Like, he lived next door in an apartment complex, and he'd just be, like, freaking out and, you know, r- ranting in the middle of the night about Jesus. That was annoying. But then the people... Um, next door after he moved out had a baby and I was like worse fuck this baby it's worse yeah it's worse I've had babies they're horrible I brought them on planes and <laughs> people maybe uh, you shouldn't be allowed to bring a baby on a plane or you can have it's... baby only, you can have special baby flights or whatever like family like they have the family section at ball games yeah where you're not allowed to swear and drink beer that's fine as long as it's in a shitty area I don't care I would feel <laughs> so I would be having an internal meltdown if I had a baby and it was just wailing nonstop, knowing that five Hundred people wanted to kick my ass. Oh yeah! By the way, I'm going to suggest you don't have children, Matt. No, I'm not. I just not. <laughs> don't shop at Chanel stores and don't have, don't have babies. It's just not going to be good for you. I just want I want Nazi esque flight attendants. I want all the rules. I want the the doctor on the plane to be beat at his ass. I want no birthday cakes. I want everyone going on orderly. By the way, why do you have to have a meal on a 90 minute flight? Why must you eat in the 90 minutes that we're on the airplane? There's like, no reason. Unless you're hypoglycemic and you're about to die, and then take a little candy bar. Why do you need to have a meal? Why must you have a full sandwich and a salad on a plane for 90 minutes? There's food at the airport when you leave, and there's food when you arrive. Yeah. You don't need to eat. There, it doesn't need to be there. You don't need a hot coffee. I don't want the person next to me ordering a hot coffee when there's turbulence. What do you need a fucking hot coffee for? Yet every time, so, like, I'm like, like, like you said, I'll eat before. But then when they bring me this garbage... Like, I'll essentially, like, at first I'll be like, no, I don't want that. But then I'll just eat the entire thing and feel like an asshole. Yeah. I I can understand people drinking on planes only because it's drinking. That's kind of fun. But even that. Oh, you got to drink on the plane. Yeah. Well, I I don't like when people drink next because they have to get up and go pee. That's why I I always try to get the window seat because people have to. People with weak bladders just need to be called out from the herd really fast. That's just one of the most annoying things. Nicole Harper. Bring your own cups next time. Bring lids. Bring like a big gulp, like a big gulp with a lid. Just let your but there must be like a pump that you could just put on your sort of labia. You, you oh yeah, there's I mean? a labia pump you can buy at the airport. <laughs> airport <laughs> next to the earbuds, something like that. You honestly, I believe, have no idea how women pee. <laughs> no, I don't. Matt, we got a uh, we got an email from Eileen. This is a question for you specifically. A question for the ages, I think, calls it. How the fuck did Steve Harvey get to be successful? Um, I would posit that he must have videotape of a network executive um, either fucking a horse or potentially saying the N-word, which is nigger, by the way, for anyone who's not in kindergarten. I have that's the, that's my only it. theory on how this is possible. I've seen he is so uh, untalented, bland, and uninteresting and unappealing in no. every way. And by the way, even when you see him candidly, like when he's not on camera, like off the cuff, he's the exact same way. He's still not funny. It's not like he's like I think like I always feel like Ellen. If you looked, Ellen is very bland and vanilla on TV because that's her audience. I always feel like if you went to, back to Ellen's house when she's smoking cigars and playing poker, yeah. she'd have some great dirty jokes to tell. She'd her stand-up really funny. was funny. Her stand-up was funny. I bet when she gets a couple drinks in her and like is smoking her cigar and banging her model girlfriends, she's probably really fun to hang around. Yeah. She's probably very edgy. I bet she's very edgy. Like She's probably got some dark humor and stuff like that. But yeah, even when you catch funny. Steve Harvey off, like vi- secretly videotaped or off the cuff or behind the stage, he's still not funny. He's still 
horribly bland. And that memo, he so he sent out this memo this last week that was exposed. Yeah, about how like no one's allowed to talk to him or visit him in his makeup room or his dressing room before the shows, and you have to make an appointment, and nobody should interact with him and his staff. So now he's also a dick who also made racist jokes, racist jokes no one cares about. Uh, oh, an openly racist man. Openly racist man. Who, against Asians. And I, honestly, I've seen him on TV my entire adult life, and I can't remember a single joke he's made that was funny. It's fucking bananas. <laughs> yes. Like, so he'll have some guests on his talk show, and uh, he'll be like, so I saw that uh, you like to go water sliding. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know, you go down this steep. And, and his angle, his joke on this thing, he'll go, man, that's just crazy. Yes. And it's like he look. might be retarded. <laughs> and look. by the way, Dr. Phil is absolutely no different, but he doesn't call himself a comedian. <laughs> no, Dr. Phil is the same way, but he's got a, he actually has an informed shtick which plays to his audience. And I guess Steve Harvey does too. The thing that kills me is when he's not on, when the camera's off, he's still not funny. I don't know. You've seen him. Have you seen him do stand-up before? Does he do funny stand-up? I mean, late night, he Saturday was, night, 2 in the morning, can he, do, can he do anything amusing? I mean, I think that he probably did pretty well with crowds. That uh, There's been so many rips. It's called uh, the Kings of Com- or the original Kings of Comedy, yes. I think is what it's called. Yes, he was the least funny guy. He was far. the least funny. It was mostly about them getting fitted for suits. Yes. Although uh, Bernie Mac is hilarious. Yes, I love Bernie and, Mac. And... Uh, uh, shit, the little guy, uh, D.L. Hughley, also mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, was he, was it, is it perhaps, uh, uh, let me uh, be Chanel lady here and be a little racist, is it perhaps that he was like the safe black guy and he just got pigeonholed as safe black comedian and then he just wrote it ever since? I mean, safe would probably be the epitome of how to describe uh, Steve Harvey. I mean, when I, I think like, of I him, like, I only think yeah. of a mustache. I think of like yes. a Band-Aid. yes. But it's but it's black. But he's yeah. just like he is like the perfect like he's he's like uh, I don't say it's you know his white face black face kind of thing. But he's like he's just a chuckling sort of cliche stereotypical black guy with the big the big grin and laughs at everything that isn't funny. Yeah, you're he's right. Like how white people imagine they want their funny black people to be. It's, it's a good point. It goes back to like Amos and Andrew. Yeah, and I didn't think about it, but yeah, he is a a, a non threatening. He doesn't have opinions on race or on anything. No. Um, he's essentially just a blob with a mustache yes. that I, I don't even know if he talks really. I mean, like, he, he has a talk show. Wouldn't you think, other than the no. weird racist shit, like he'd have one quote that does, was somewhat decent? No, he just has the eyeball. He does the eye roll, right? He does the eye roll and the mustache twitch. He does, and he like, does uh, for thirty years. He's done the eyeball roll and the mustache twitch. He has a what's it called? Family Feud. Yes. So the whole premise of Family Feud, I'm almost certain they're not polling people anymore. They're just no, making up bad make, answers so yeah. that Steve Harvey can can uh, you know have the do what, a double on what, what the H are you talking about? Yes. What? Like what? <laughs> like it really is like out of the 1920s or something, right? It's, it's like a, a cultural abomination. It's like a minstrel show, right? I it, mean, it's like an old, like something a hundred years ago that people like on the roadside would have found funny because there's no other entertainment. And it's but now there's like it's weird that we exist in a culture where there's 500 other forms of entertainment you can access at any given time easily for free, and that he's still a thing. Like, how is he competing in a marketplace where every single other person on television is more entertained than he is? Maybe it's, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think minstrel, there's an element of that, but I don't think it's like that stated. I don't know if that was anyone's intention in hiring it. I would maintain that he has secret recordings. 
Because you mentioned the other comedians, Dale Hoogan and stuff like that, but they're a little more, ed- and certainly like Chris Rock, they're much edgier in their material. Mm-hmm. And so they've done, you know, movies or things like that, but they couldn't do like talk show or things. Nobody would accept them as that. They're just too racially edgy. Whereas he just seems like the safest man, safest black man in America. Yeah, um, and, and now that I think about it, I can't remember any... Like, I know that he did stand up and that he was wearing a, a, a suit. Yes. But I can't remember a word <laughs> that he was saying. He's tall. He's very very sort of unassuming. He's got, like, you know, he's in the, always dressed in, like, a very nice suit and dressed really clean and, and, and dapper and stuff like that. But Cedric... Yeah, like, Cedric was the same thing, but he was funny. Like, his in attitude... Fat, his, his personality was funny. In fact... Steve Harvey is... Like, I don't know if I would talk to him at, like, an airport bar. I would just be like... No. By the way, you're not... If you looked at the memo, you're not allowed to talk to him at an airport bar. <laughs> That's the funny part. He's like, he is such... He's such a huge prick. I always thought the people who were most talented were the most accessible. Yeah. Because they just don't know how talented they are and they don't see themselves as special. They're just talented. Yeah. And the people who are just trying to fake or faking it till they make it are the ones who put on airs. It's all, yeah, it's always the people coasting off other people's coattails that are such fucking prominent cocksuckers. Like uh, Chris Farley, amazingly talented. One of the funniest people that's, that's ever been in entertainment, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think he had an ego. No. David Spade has a bit of an ego. No, because those guys hated... I think they had low self-esteem, the talented people. And the people that are faking it just don't want to be like... It's almost like they're hiding a horrible secret. Yeah. And they don't want to be exposed by like... Someone walking in on them without them being prepared to do their little mustache twitch and eyeball roll. <laughs> so they don't know what's going on. Is it possible that he's just a really savvy negotiator? Like I, he, I'm assuming. Like maybe he uh, talked his way into being on that uh, Kings of Comedy thing, and then it just snowballed. From well, he there. was on a sitcom in the '80s, I think, late '80s. He was on a sitcom, and then he was on a couple. He was like that safe. He was like after Cosby. He was sort of that safe black guy. They had to have every network had to have one black sitcom. And he was that guy who would just never be... Oh, like, you're right. Some fucking he was a overpaid shithead executive probably yes. said... That at some point, literally said, this is the next Bill Cosby. Yes. He's like Bill Cosby, but he doesn't like knock women out and spooge in their ear. That's, that was like... He's a little safer. Like, he's not going to be the news for shit. I don't know. That's my feeling. I want to move off. I think we answered... Uh, Aline, I think we answered your question. I fucking hate him. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, your parents gave you the impossibly most boring name ever in the history of names. Matthew. Yes, they went for one of the uh, one of the one of the saints, the icon, the archangels, whatever the fuck it is. It was big in the eighties. Matthew was. No, it's still big now. It's in the Bible, right? It's one of the one of the uh, Luke, Matthew, Mark, David. I don't know. Fuck Very it. uninspired, and, yes. and they weren't particularly religious either. So I don't I don't know why they chose. Yeah, I think it's when they like someone said like, "What's the baby's?" I always picture like, "What's the baby's name?" And the parents haven't thought of anything, and they're like, uh, "I don't know." And then, then the nurse is like, "Matt's not a bad name." They go, "Okay, that's good." And they're like thumbing through <laughs> one of those little pocket Bibles, you know? <laughs> yes. Like Job. No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so you got you got stuck. We with know you. someone named Luke. Let's go with Matthew. <laughs> yes, right. Well, if you have enough kids, the Catholics have enough kids, they have to go with all the biblical names. <laughs> uh, so Bruce Jenner, Bruce Jenner chose Caitlyn for his name. I always wonder why Caitlyn was the name of choice. And I thought at first it was like because it sounded like a Kardashian name. But now I realize from uh, reading all, doing all my research, that at the time Bruce Jenner, and you did not know this before this broadcast started, Bruce Jenner started becoming a woman in the 80s. Uh, he started taking yeah. his first female hormones, I think, in 86 or 87, like 30 years ago. That was, I'm assuming, after he won the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. This was 10 years after, 10 years after the Olympics, 10, 12 years after the Olympics. How, and how after fucking old is this guy? Two mar- he's 67 years old. 
So 10 years after he won the triathlon. He was probably 30 then. 30s. He was about 30. I mean, he, according, to, according to his uh, memoirs, he knew he wanted to be a girl when he was a little kid. But he didn't seriously start doing anything about it until he was about 30. After the theory his, I just came up. Feel free to shoot it down. Yes. He was pumping himself up, uh, up on steroids, okay. on testosterone. Yes. And he was just trying to even it out. Uh, uh, here, how, how about this theory? He was super duper gay. And his dad was a hardcore athlete dad, sports dad, and he happened to be, and Bruce happened to be big and very athletically gifted, and he had no choice but to be a superstar athlete and hide his homosexuality. Uh-huh. And so later he decided that while he could never accept the fact that he was gay, if he was actually born a woman, that it didn't make that it made him not gay and just born a woman with an affliction. Uh, yeah, I, I'd buy that. Suck on that one. Uh, so Bruce chose Caitlyn because Caitlyn, when he started taking hormones in the '80s, so before he married his third wife, which was Chris Jenner, he was already into dresses and hormones. And according to his memoirs, at least, he claimed that Chris Jenner knew about that when they got married, that he was already slowly transitioning into a woman. So I think one of the flaws with the trans argument, first of all, is like the hot chicks I know, they wear um, like sweaters and jeans. Yes. The, the, you know, they don't show up to work in a ball gown, yes. as far as I understand. For some reason, the trannies cannot wait to get, like, in a Vera So the way. people that are most insistent that gender is just a construct yes. are also, for some unexplained reason that yes. no one's ever explained, the most likely to perpetuate yes. these gender stereotypes. Yes. They're the ones who bring the big frilly, they have to wear the frilly dresses, like in the 1950s. Yeah, because that's what all women do. <laughs> yes. They have to look like a... What like are you trying a, to prove? A golden age movie star, a <laughs> movie star. Like a long train, he has to have a long train behind him, and stuff, and like uh, under under things and stockings and everything. If I simply wore a V-neck right now, yes. I could pass for a tranny. Oh, you, yeah, you totally. Well, could. I, you don't need the V-neck to be honest, man. <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, so here's the thing. So here's a story that came out this week. So Bruce became Caitlin two years ago. He, he was on the co- he won the ESPN award, the Arthur S. Courage Award, the big Diane Sawyer thing. He was on the cover of Vogue. I am Caitlin, or whatever the fuck the, the thing said. When he's wearing like a bustier and stuff like, who can forget that? Haven't been able to get an erection since. <laughs> Just uh, and so apparently, what happened in 2016 was the name Caitlin dropped off the baby naming charts. So the Social Security Administration every year puts out a name of the top 1,000 most popular names in the country for babies born that year because you must register with the government so they know all the names. And Caitlin was uh, not a hugely popular but fairly popular name. It dropped 542 spots in 2016, which is like <laughs> the largest drop since like Hitler. Yeah. Know, since Adolf. Since Adolf in like the late 30s dropped. Like Caitlin plummeted as a name off the charts. Like nobody wanted their kid to be named Caitlin in 2016. Well, just from your experience or for mine, not to speak for you, but I, when I th- thought of Caitlin, I thought of, you know, cute chick. Now I think of a a large man with tits. Yeah, I thought of a, I thought of it because it was a big 80s name. I thought of like a girl with blonde hair, like in a, in a cabriolet, in, a, in like a VW cabriolet, like with wine coolers in the back, telling them when she was having a pool party. Yeah. Right? That's what I, that's what I thought of. And now, no, I think of a, an older guy with man hands and giant shoulders, tucking it, tucking it in, formally tucking it in into a Vera Wang uh, inspired bridal gown for whatever reason. So, yes, it's changed quite a bit. But here's the thing, Matt. So if you would believe the popular press, the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing was like the biggest, most positive social change in our lifetime that everybody got on board for and everyone was behind. But no, it turns out when people actually have to make a decision regarding Caitlyn, like the name of their baby, that's something that's important and personal, everyone ran away as fast as humanly possible. And not like 
Some people, like everybody, ran away across the United States. What's this whole fake progressive thing of, you know, I'm going to lecture you on environmentalism. I'm going to drive a, a ride in a private jet. Uh, you know, we should uh, desegregate schools and uh, allow for integration. However, I'm going to send my kid to yes. an all-white elitist school on down the line. Uh, we, You know, public housing is great, but not in my neighborhood. It's the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, Caitlyn Jenner was uh, Vogue, somebody, woman of, woman of the year as like an inspiring uh, hero to, to teen, teen transgender and all this other stuff. You would Like a real modern-day, like, uh, heroic Mother Teresa figure. And uh, yet, nobody wants nobody wants to name their kid after. In fact, it's the opposite. She just killed the name Caitlyn forevermore. Like no one can be named Caitlyn for for like next hundred years. Yeah, I mean, I always wonder why because I don't come from a long line of uh, you know, like I'm the fourth uh, Duchess, uh, whatever yes. the fuck. Oh, you're not from Royal Blood, Matt? No. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, why not just change your name to something cool? Like as long as no one gives a shit, you know, you're came from a, a long line of poor people why not just make it like uh you know dynamite or something you mean for bruce jenner no for anyone just change your name because oh, yeah. i know that they did that so what are the odds uh that no one even though i'm assuming they were fairly common names in germany no one's named hitler anymore or eichmann well adolf, or was, like, adolf was one of the most common it was a very common name not only in germany but in america for germans like immigrants adolf was just like it was like mike it was just a very common yeah. name. And then after Adolf Hitler, of course, not a single person named their kid Adolf. But was Hitler people. along the lines of Johnson or something? I mean, No, I don't think it was that common. But Adolf was a very common first name. But now no one's named Adolf in Germany, of course. You can't be named Adolf. Well, it's easy to change your first name. Though. I'm saying, like, these people no longer... Uh, like, no one's named Stalin, right? Yes. So if they, if they can change... What I'm saying is, if these... Uh, <laughs> People remember, still laundering money in Brazil and Argentina right now. If they can change their name, as a, as a citizen, why not just change your name? Like when you have to spell it out, you know. Yes. Like just oh, make I feel it, this way about mo- all the like Russian and Eastern European models who have these very complicated names. I'm like really, you can't just change your name to something really simple and, and brandable and brandable. Here's your first mistake. Yeah. Like everybody who's cool, everyone who wants to make it big in the business and entertainment, change their name to something cool and easy to easy to pronounce and read. Yeah. Because most of your fans are illiterate, by the way. And also, especially now in the Google search era, if you have a name that's hard to spell, you get fo- you get totally fucked. Well, my name's pretty easy to spell, but still, when you're like on the phone with uh, you know the airline yes. and they're like how do you spell it and, and you're like R-A-L-S and they're like oh uh, it, just I don't know can we just do numbers yes fuck I do believe by the way that people at 14 should be allowed to pick their name for life I think like your parents give you a name when you're a kid and then when you get to be like 13 or 14 you have like some ceremony you get to choose your own name <laughs> because you hate the name your parents pick for you and that's when you can call yourself dynamite whatever my name would have been like Tupac Cobra. Yes. yes. <laughs> It'd be a much more interesting world. Plus, and then you can never bitch about your name. Like, and then people can make fun of you for the name you picked because, like, now you can say, like, my parents picked my name. What could I do? But in this world that I envision, people would, like, mock you for your stupid... It's just like a tattoo for your stupid choice Don't of the names. Muslims do that? Once you join, you get to change your name? Yeah, but it's only Muhammad. No, that's the nation of Islam. But Mo- no, but then you get Muhammad something. That's not cool. All right, Bruce Jenner, way to kill the name Caitlyn. I, th- I think what you said is true, Matt, which is everyone's a fake progressive. Everyone wants to say, like, if you, if you poll people in L.A., they'd be like, oh, my God, what Caitlyn did was so amazing. It's the most incredible thing ever. It's really stuck her neck out there for people in this heroic thing. Like, you're going to name your baby Caitlyn? No, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. It's going to be Asher 
or whatever names are popular now. And by the way, you also pointed out uh, Hillary also dropped off the charts completely. Yeah, Hil- uh, historically, the first lady, the names have uh, gone up in popularity. Eleanor, um, I don't know, other ones, Jackie. Ones who were seen as, with, uh, with some regard. Hillary... Just people were really creeped out by Hillary. <laughs> yes, it was like. Well, first of all, when you picture Hillary, just like we pictured Caitlin, you got to picture like a mousy sort of heavyset girl in the library, right, picking her nose. I picture the the uh, evil bunny rabbit hallucination from Donnie Darko. Oh, that's a good one too. That's what I see when I see her. But now people just picture, picture like a pear shaped sort of line scheming whore in like a pantsuit, like falling down on steps. I go, yeah, I'm not going to name my I'm not going to name my baby that. Yeah. By the way, no one's. For all the love of Hillary, no one's naming their kid Hillary either. That well, you know, for all of that, there is some some nobility in just a, a really safe, bland name such as Matthew. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> well, look, if you, when parents go off the board from the from the safe names, they almost always fuck up because it's just parents aren't good at like. Why would you think that if you have no skills in branding and naming that you would be good at picking a kid's name? So unless it's like a fam- some weird like uncle or family name that has some meaning. People pick stupid, just pick stupid. Well, names. they don't think it out right. See, if I had a kid, I would just give them because they, they go in cycles, right? So, like, people go, well, what's what's uh, not a name that you've heard in a while? So they say maybe Matthew or, or Luke. Names are big. We don't know anyone named Luke, but then everyone's thinking the same thing because all your friends are having babies, right? Yes. Um, so I would just go with a super old timey name like Zebediah. And then by the time the Love kid's 15, yes. like, you know, that'll be a decent, it won't sound weird anymore. Or it could be the lead singer of a, a, metal, a metal band. Reginald. <laughs> you, Matt, you really cannot have children. That's just some say that right now. <laughs> All right, for our Pennies of the Bunch segment this week, I have a special guest here with me. Uh, the shame of knowing I wear panties is lessened by the fact that I have, now sitting next to me, my uh, gender-neutral, non-binary child, Bobby. Bobby Hi. is uh, 10 and has been raised uh, in a cocoon until 8 and then emerged uh, without a gender. We've chosen not to place society's biases and discrimination on Bobby and anyone of the gender. So uh, Bobby is completely gender-fluid and on Bobby's birth certificate where it says gender... It just reads, none of your damn beeswax. Stop put, keeping me down, you fascist pigs. Yeah. Right, Bobby, welcome to the show. Bobby, as you may know, since you and your little tranny friends uh, listen to my uh, podcast each week, uh, I have a statement called Panties in a Bunch, where I, as a man, am not afraid to admit uh, sometimes I wear ladies' underwear, and uh, it gets caught up in my rear because I get so angry about certain things. And I'll tell you what has me angry this week, Bobby. Would you like to know? Sure. Bobby, aren't you supposed to be in school right now? No. Did someone pull you out of school to do this? That was you. We can get arrested for that kind of crap. Uh, Bobby, I was reading an article this week. Uh, I've read a lot of articles on the fact that uh, people are saying, uh, women's groups mostly are saying, uh, that girls are not getting into sciences, math, engineering, uh, you know, being astronauts, all sorts of things related to sciences, because when girls are very young, they are told that they don't need to be good at math or engineering, that they should play with dolls and wear dresses and put on makeup and look pretty, whereas boys are told they should build things and become engineers, and boys all end up wanting to be astronauts and police officers and scientists, and girls end up wanting to be working uh, mid-level jobs in advertising. So, Bobby, here's my question for you, my gender-neutral child. Uh, Do you think it's true that parents and society makes girls 
feel like they should be different than boys early on, or do you think it's something that you're just girls are born with different than boys? I think it should be. I think it's something that isn't really forced upon. I think that maybe you have something that you want to do, but just girls aren't just interested in that. But it's not like they grow up that way. Well, for instance, Bobby, last time you were on the program, uh, I got in a lot of trouble because you did a lot of swearing. And a lot of people say, tell girls, for instance, little girls, that they shouldn't swear. But when boys swear, they go, oh, boys will be boys. What do you think about that, Bobby? I think... I should be able to swear because it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. Because you're neither. You're gender neutral. Yeah. Um, you should be able to speak out in whatever way you want to. Um, can you give me an example of the swear words you might use if you were able to swear, Bobby? Uh, maybe like fuck or <sighs> yes. shit or ah. crap or yes. stuff. Bobby, you know a lot of swear words. I assume you're picking them up around the schoolyard. No, that's from you. Oh, Bobby, oh, let's edit that out, Brian. Uh, do so. You don't think girl? What do you think? Do you see like girls, young girls, getting pushed to do girl, quote unquote, girl stuff like play with dolls or play with Barbies or be nurses or be you know whatever? And you see boys get like trucks for toys or like. You know, uh, more science-based science kits or things like that. Do you see that happening? Do you, you don't think that's any impact at all on how kids grow up differently if boys versus girl? I'm not sure that it has that much impact because if you tell your parents kind of like what you want to do, they kind of almost you know help you with that. But like. If you like baseball, they take you to baseball and stuff. So it isn't really forced upon you what you want to do. Well, what about if you're a girl and you play baseball and your parents call you a lesbian? Uh, that does happen. Or not your parents. I mean, not your parents, obviously, but other people. So girls, sometimes when girls are tomboys, they get called names a lot of times and they're kind of made fun of. Just for doing, if girls do stuff boys do traditionally, like play sports, then sometimes the girls are made fun of. And some, maybe it's some fucked girls, up. I, oh, my God, Bobby. Uh, so do you think maybe girls, like when they made fun of like, I don't, I want, I love to play baseball or I love math, but if I'm good at math or I play sports and people make fun of me, you don't think that happens? It might happen with some girls, but if you just don't really care and kind of ignore it, it's not that bad. So do you think girls maybe aren't good at sports or math? No. Is that I what you're saying? Is that I, what you're saying, Bobby? No. I don't think that's the case. I think that maybe... When people are saying stuff like that, that if you just ignore it, then maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Do you think boys and girls are the same? Do you think there's no reason for gender? Do you think there's no real distinction between boys and girls and boys and girls are only different because they're treated differently? Or do you see kids on the playground, boys and girls, acting differently just when they're all alone no one's telling them what to do? I do see them acting differently. Uh, Not when they're all alone all the time, though. I think that distinction is just the way you're born. It's either boy or girl, usually. And that is kind of your, I don't know, the way that you're doing stuff on the yard. or But that's not always the case. Bobby, you're a very insightful, young, gender-neutral, non-binary child. That's really amazing you've come up with perception. I'll tell you what, what gets me so upset, Bobby is I think people want things to be a certain way in the world. 
Like they want men and women to be the same, even though men and women are not the same. Women have, uh, in general, some women are like men and some men are like women, of course. But in general, they want everyone to be the same. And they think for men and women to be equal, that men and women have to be seen as the same. Versus women, especially who say, like, not only are we different than men, this is how we're different and this is why it's awesome that we're different. Right? Don't you think, like, equality for women maybe means women still being like women but also having, like cool things that are cool just about women? Or do you think they have to, men and women have to be treated exactly the same as if there's no difference? There are things in ways that women and men are, treating, are treated differently. And... That's it, Bobby. Don't you want to swear? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. All right, Bobby, my gender-neutral... Uh, non-binary, identifying, sexually, uh, gender-fluid uh, child. Uh, that was tremendously insightful. So you basically agree with me, right? Yes. Fantastic. I'm agreeing that... I, I like you more than Matt. Did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. Yes, totally. That's, that's fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, Bobby. You were tremendous. Uh, we have a contract for three more shows. Don't forget, you're still under contract. That was tremendous. All right. On to the next topic. Matt, your segment this week, you explain, Matt explained segment. Uh, we've had to change it again this week, unfortunately, due to some uh, legal condition. Uh, Matt explains why it's not cool when everybody in a professional sports league is having sex with one another. I believe this was re- hopefully related to the NBA, WNBA, not the NFL. Yeah, uh, so the former Diana Taurasi and uh, Penny somebody, somebody, somebody. I- I can only name like three NBAs. Diana Taurasi. I wasn't aware of her. Diana Taurasi and some other WNBA player. She's been a league MVP and Tarassi she's won was, uh, from a UConn, three right? championships. She was from UConn. She was on the UConn, one of UConn's 75 national champion, women's championship teams. Yeah. Um, so not, not exactly a household name. Come on. I, everyone knows Diana Taurasi. So Diana Taurasi, prior to the opening of the Phoenix uh, Mercury, Phoenix Mercury's uh, season. Don't pretend like you don't know all about the WNBA. It's kind of sad. <laughs> she announced that she had married her former teammate, who's named Penny. Uh, Penny just retired the year before. So the only conclusion I could draw is that these teammates were getting down and dirty yes. for their entire careers. Lovely lesbian sex before, after, and sometimes during games. Yeah, so... I don't do you know think, you, by the way, do you think lesbians are go at it as much as like gay men do? No, I think probably much less frequently. Really? I think you might be stereotyping in the wrong direction. I am stereotyping, but I, I imagine just if you think were like true. so guys go at it like isn't part of being a lesbian like I just don't want to deal with it. No, but that's only because that's you trying to hit on a lesbian. Matt. That's your experience. Oh, that's a good point. But you have to imagine like just like guys when there's nobody's when there's nobody in the relationship to say no, they just have sex all the time. But with women, when they don't have to think about like a getting pregnant. Be like you know having to deal with a dude. I think they go out a lot. Well, I don't know because lesbian sex presents a, a host of problems. Like uh, also, you can do it really anywhere. When you're traveling through the airport, you know sometimes they search your bag, and so you don't want to have like um, a, a bunch of toys in yeah, there. Yeah, but you can do the fi- you can do the manual thing pretty easily all over the place, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't think there's into it. I don't know. 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you're totally wrong, but keep going. <laughs> anyway, so these two lesbians were fucking each I have other. science behind me, yes. And uh, I'm assuming that the rest of the league is doing this as well. I mean, they happen to get married, but I guarantee you opposing teams are hooking up with each other. Well, they're all, all the players are, pretty much every single player is lesbian. We know that from the one You can screen. say comfortably 90%, and that's according to a WNBA player. And we know that from the, yeah, we know that from the player who's, who was straight who said she was hazed and, and, and treated horribly because she was straight. Well, the math, she said something like like 97. Yes. And I did, the, so that would mean there were only like three or four straight women. I'm totally down with that stat is believable. Well, it's, let's just say 90, you okay. know. Uh, so yeah, once you, once you get out, so it's not like you're getting VIP treatment like, uh, oh yeah, bring on the bottle serve. You're making, you know, 25 grand a year. Very little money in the WMA, Matt, because of inequality and income. So you go back to the La Quinta. Yes. uh, Wait, is La Quinta a center for the uh, Phoenix Mercury? (laughs) Oh, the hotel chain, you mean. Well, there are more people in the La Quinta than uh, (laughs) the arena when the the Phoenix Mercury play. Um, So your point, Matt, I believe, is that all the WMA... So if you had like a gay men's uh, beach volleyball league, they would all just be scrumping all the time, right? They would just be going at it every single downtime they had. Oh, I'm sure they would, but basketball, see, is it's so much based on chemistry. Um, yes, you know the NFL teamwork, even teamwork, baseball. The players are interchangeable. Yeah, teamwork is so especially women's basketball so. where nobody can shoot or dunk, and you have to pass the ball 17 times before any shot. Right. So the favoritism involved if you're fucking someone or yes. trying to fuck them. Yes. I mean, imagine if uh, Kevin Durant was fucking Stephen Curry in the ass on a regular basis. Okay. Do I have to imagine that? Can I just? I just realized how inappropriate that yes, was. I'm can sorry. I just imagine? Um, let's just say that we're getting together. Um, that would affect their offense. You know, the ball movement. Yes. So it's just another reason why this is not a legitimate we've never, sport. We've never had a sports league, a team sports league before, where the players on the teams themselves were having sex with one another. No, like, and for good reason. Yes. So, like, although I bet you it's happened, like in in the realm of professional sports. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's been like a gay baseball player at sex with another gay baseball player. But when, sure. like the entire team was gay and they were all going at it with one another. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I feel like the ball movement is now dependent on like, who am I trying to uh, lick, odds, get my box like? There's two outs at the bottom of the ninth inning and you're up to the plate and just you versus the pitcher for the for the World Series. What are the odds that you had sex with the pitcher? <laughs> the day, almost none. The day before, almost none. But in WNBA... You could be guarding someone for a last-second shot, and there's a very good chance that you got, went down on her like at halftime. They're shooting the the free throws to you know clinch the championship. There's two seconds left. Yes, you just you just throw them a look. You know, arch that eyebrow, yes. completely psych them out. Yes, the two fingers through the uh, mouth, <laughs> the, the clenched fingers. <laughs> so I think your point, Matt, is that you're trying to delegitimize the sport of, of women's basketball. Oh yeah, this it's, is the first for you. This is the first for you. No, I'm I'm heavily opposed to women's sports in the fact that so the WNBA is subsidized by the NBA which is fine they think that it'll help their branding to get girls into basketball so that they'll then watch basketball which I don't think there's any uh, truth to that but they have a lot of money the NBA um, but don't come to me and act like uh, oh no we're we're just as, we're the same as you we have a league too it's like uh, yes but it, it's uh, it's not solvent and yes. it's only dependent it's a charity for you to play horrendous, yes. Horrendous by the way, your, your power forward is sleeping with your point guard. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're at. <laughs> that's also so. that's also true. By the way, do you know the first ESPN is having a female announcer do play by play for the NFL game uh, this fall? I saw that. Yeah, and I, she said her hope, her hope, and I think by the way, I have no problem with that whatsoever. She's a good announcer because 
By the way, half the announcers are horrible anyhow. Uh, but she says she hopes she's most heretofore done like female college sports. And she hopes by doing the NFL, announcing the NFL games that it's going to really lead more women to watch female sports. Oh, which I don't, the the con- I don't see the connection. Take your paycheck and <laughs> shut the fuck up. Because, she, because she's doing a Broncos-Chargers game that's going to encourage more women to watch college women's softball. I don't, I don't understand the point, but that goes falls under our category of women who get good breaks, having to pretend everything is feminist. Well, see, well, that's true, but it, it would... Initially, you're like, well, you know, all the all the people playing are men, so it's like I would think men can have their thing and women can have the other. But then you watch like the Miss America pageant, and some dude is is like calling play by play on the pageant. It's like, all right, let's get that guy out of here. And, <laughs> you and the, the women, pageant, did you? You watch the pageant? No, but there are guys. Uh, I mean, are, they, what, are straight men really? I oh think, yeah, they'll have like Adam Levine or somebody do it. The women, I think, and I don't know if this is related to some institutional sexism but the women that do the play-by-play in color i think uh for the most part do a really good job and the they're much less obnoxious than a lot of the guys they're more they're more focused on their work i think well they had to be good to get yes that. i mean this woman who's doing it has been doing it like since college like mark jackson is a babbling retard yes i don't understand what the hell he's talking about he's just telling like little homespun stories some points are like Last week for lunch, I had a... Sandwich. Well, he came up with his catchphrase, and I'm assuming he thought about this a lot, which is, Mama, there goes that man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. No. It sounds like he was, uh, you know, in his bedroom with another man, and a guy ran out the window or something. Like, it, what does that even for, mean? I feel bad for Mark Jackson because he got fired from the Warriors just when they got good. And then he's watching with like the championships. He has to do all the games where they weed, where they win the championships year after year. Yeah, and to remind people that he was fired because he didn't win a championship with them. And then they brought in Steve Kerr, who just keeps winning. And then talk about how difficult coaching is the whole time. Yes. I'm Matt. We're not talking about Mark Jackson. Let me ask you this email we got from Derek. Uh, so I I know that you like to watch Facebook Live a lot, but. I don't know. No one got killed this week on Facebook Live, but a woman, a mommy blogger. How many? Who's your favorite mommy blogger? Uh, so, what are the qualifications? And uh, you have to be a mommy. Oh, okay. Uh, and have an inter- internet connection. Those are two. Isn't it amazing how people like? I mean, I understand why you know women call themselves fitness models online or fitness instructors online, even though they don't seem to have any fitness classes they instruct, but they have to have good bodies, right? So, mommy blogger has to have a kid. Have to have there's a couple of things. They have to have an internet connection. Have to have kids, and they have to look just perfectly disheveled in a perfectly slightly dirty looking backdrop of a room. Well, they can't have a job. No, they can't have a job, but they have to appear in a room where like a couple things are out of order, and their hair is slightly off, so they can talk about how crazy being a mom. How crazy being a mom. Is. Oh yeah, it's so hectic around <laughs> yes, the house. It's just right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see like a mind blogger all put together. You have to be look really good and put together, but like a few hairs out of place and a couple socks on the ground next to you. Does no one ever say, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I say it quite a bit. When people are like, uh, oh man, I haven't slept because the baby's crying all the time. Does anyone go, you know you uh, volunteered for this, right? Oh, Matt, you just uh, definitely cannot have kids. <laughs> well, in the old days. Well, you're acting like, I know there are accidents, but for the most part, you planned on doing this. So why don't you shut the fuck up? Yeah, or be like that family that faked the kids, the dresser falling down on the kids. <laughs> come, up with a way to get fam- come up with a way to get famous off that. Yes, having kids today is considered like heroic. And raising a kid, especially if you're a celebrity raising a kid. I don't know. When I grew up, every family had like 17 children, and somehow they s- didn't lose any of them, and they all survived. 
But now if you have like one kid, it's like you have to go online and talk about the experience of being a mommy. Where I grew up, uh, people had kids and then just set them loose on yes, the city. Yes. To do whatever they wanted. Yeah, come back when it's dark. Yeah. That was, that was it. The kids would come back when they got hungry for food. Right. No one ever talked about their kids. No, then occasionally a police officer would come by and say, hey, did you know your kid did this? And they go, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> it, was, it really took a village to raise a child. Although the village didn't give a shit about the kids back then. Uh, so here's the thing. So this mommy blogger in England, I don't forget her name, but she has a British name, so it's really annoying. Sarah something. She's a mommy blogger. She decided to up the ante because the mommy blogging space. So being a blogger as a profession is a very tough profession to make money off of because an expert blogger, because every single person in the world is an expert blogger. The minute they open up a, an account. <laughs> Was an expert blogger like a designation or you just no, it's mean? Just, you make it yourself. You call yourself an ex, a mommy blogger, a fitness blogger, a, oh, oh, a lifestyle blogger, a like travel a ni- blogger. Like a niche blog. There's no certification behind any of this. No. So mommy blogger has no education necessarily or training or certifications or anything like that. She gives advice to other moms. And by the way, this only works because women would rather receive advice on amazingly important things in their lives from women online on video, <laughs> video chats than they would, like, say, a, a trained physician for whatever reason. They trust the woman online about, like, shots, whether they give their kids autism or not, just some random woman online versus, say, like, the National Science Academy. <laughs> it's just... Are you sure this is common? Very common, Matt. You don't, you don't go to the same sites I go to. So this woman in England up the ante by giving birth live on Facebook Live. She's a mommy blogger. So she got down on all fours, and when the time when the time came, in her home, in her in her living room. <laughs> Wait, you what that? do you mean down on all fours? You don't give birth doggy style. Yeah, you give birth doggy style. Really? Yeah, it's a cool. Yeah, you squat or you give birth doggy style. Yeah. Well, normally I thought you laid down on your back. Well, and that's because you've seen uh, like TV shows, Matt. Yeah, like Junior, the movie. Well, that's because it, it, because in, in hospitals you're laid on your back, which is very unnatural. I don't know if you know this. Don't you remember the woman who gave birth in the creek when her husband built a little dam in the creek? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, women in the old days would squat out the babies. That's how it worked. You squat. Did you not see Blue Lagoon with Brooke Shields? I'm not trying to be crass, but when the time comes, do they shit when they? Yes. 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 When the time comes, you squat out the baby. Why are we still doing this? Have you ever put? Have you ever pushed out a big load before? What do you mean? Out of your ass. You ever pushed a big load? Big load of shit out of your ass before? Like a painful, big yeah, ass I'll, I'll, yeah, shit? I'll just say well, yes. what is the most comfortable position to do that in? Squatting. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm answering for you right now. It's not laying on your back or lay, whatever. It's like either it's lay, it's squatting. Well, I'd say sitting down more so. Than, well, that's squatting. Uh, yeah, all right. But before toilets were invented, we you don't squatted. need to split hairs. Yeah, yes. I got you. So she squatted or let you walk around on all fours till the time comes, and you kind of squat, and the baby comes out. She did this live on Facebook in front of 60, 63,000 people who volunteered to watch. 63,000 people? Yes. Upped her, upped her mommy blogging cred. Like incredibly Were they watching hard. this out of morbid curiosity? No. It was all women watching because they love to see another mommy blogger give, uh, give a birth to a child. As far as I can tell, Matt, you and I will never fully understand this. This is, say, pornography for women who love this stuff. This is like a purely voyeuristic titillating. But thr- you couldn't show a porn clip on Facebook Live. You'd be reported. You would. And they have 3,000 new monitors now, by the way. Although you can't kill people. Uh, so it's like if your vagina is dilated enough, it's acceptable? Well, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And by the way, I will say this. She only got uh, 14% of the audience that the guy who killed his baby on Facebook Live got. So in case you're losing, losing faith in humanity, the murder of a baby still gets a lot better, bigger audience 
in the birth of babies. 63,000 people. Yeah, it was a big deal. And she had the lady behind her. She, squ- she was on fours and squatting. The lady behind her kind of pulled the baby out. And uh, it was a big to-do. So here's my point, Matt, because you're never going to watch a baby being born. God forbid. Uh, you have no. your You have your abortion, special abortion account at Wells Fargo. <laughs> just, gar- just gathering interest. Uh, it's not that difficult to not impregnate someone, by the way. No, it's, no, no, no. Not with your luck with the ladies. <laughs> so here's the thing. People are now, this is not just mommy bloggers, other bloggers, fitness instructors, uh, people who want to be magicians, whatever the fuck it is. Is there any limit to what people are going to do now? Because the landscape is so competitive. Think about before, like, to be a mommy, uh, mommy expert before, you had to, like, make brochures and set up meetings and hold luncheons and stuff like that. Now you just go online, open an account, and you're equal with everybody else. So the competition to be an expert in any area on social media is so enormous. Is there any limit to what we're going to expect to see in the next five years, what people will do to get attention in terms of their area of expertise? I mean, think about all the Chris Angels out there, right? The next one would be Chris Angels. Yeah. Who are just going to start lighting themselves on fire, like online, do crazy stuff? I've I've thought about as a side, just as a total side gig slash hobby, um, you know, I'm like, what can I be an expert in? Yes. But I'm not really an expert in anything. Have you come up with anything? Well, I'm from Alaska, but yes. then there are like uh, half a million people from Alaska. Oh, you mean you can be an Alaskan blogger? Like, no, 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 no. I want to go on CNN and have uh, Anderson Cooper be like, uh, what do you think about this? And I'm just still like an idiot, but I get to like be on TV. Alaskan, ex- Alaskan expert? Yeah, but that, that's that's just not going to come up. So I'm trying no. to think of a niche. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, mean, there's gonna be no, I, mean, I can't believe that many people watched a woman... Uh, well, so here's the thing. Rolling back to our first story about nude selfies and stuff like that with Paris Jackson, everyone's getting naked now online, right? Everyone's showing off everything online. There's nothing, really no limits to the privacy things people are showing to get attention. It's all to get likes. Uh, Kim Zolciak, we talked about before, her, do- her kid got bit by a dog. He was in the hospital. She was, like, snapping photos for Instagram. Yeah. I mean, there's no real limit to the amount of shame. There's no shame anymore. There's no limit to what people will do to get likes now on social media, right? What's the end game of this? Uh... I, I don't know, but I, I would almost consider, if you have the means, giving birth on Facebook as opposed to, you know, a certified medical clinic yes. to be a, a form of uh, abuse of some really? sort. Really? You think so? Well, what if the baby had died, you know, because, you know, the... Uh, well, you're allowed to give birth at home, Matt. This makes me nauseous, but, you know, the there's a cord... So sometimes yes. it, it wraps yes. around the neck. Yes. So what if you were the? Well, she had a she had a, a midwife there, a trained midwife. What the fuck is a midwife? Well, a midwife is a woman specifically trained in that get- didn't go to USC. No, but yeah, but you know the midwives have delivered thousands of babies, as opposed to like your twenty-two-year-old nurse from Jamaica who's there on a visa, and, like working at the hospital. It's not that the midwife doesn't know what she's doing, unless there's like a complication with the birth. I think giving birth at home is sort of okay. It's disgusting because. All the shit on it your ruins feet. your carpet. You got you to lay down a lot of plastic. There's a lot of there's a lot. You know what they call you know what they call the the uh, the nurses at the hospitals that work in the in the maternity ward. No, the dirty gynies. Really? Yes, because there's so much mess made oh around. My God, <laughs> I'm getting off this topic. I've just and then there's like a, a the baby's wrapped in a in like a mucus membrane. Yes, that happens, Matt. Have you witnessed this? Uh, the, yes, I've witnessed a live childbirth. Um, close up, close in person. See, I don't like when the cab driver. Oh, by the way, I'm not recommending it for anybody. It's the most horrific experience I've had in my entire life. Yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> no, that was like 
<laughs> I would not recommend it. It's not beautiful in any way whatsoever, other than completely theoretically speaking. Well, I like it in the movies when the baby comes out. Yeah, that's and not it's what happens. Like scrub clean. No, this is like a military. Got his little hair blown. No, this is like an IED explosion. <laughs> this is just horrific that you're not prepared for. There's a reason why men have, for the first 99.9 percent of human history, have been kept out of the birthing process. Yeah, it's because a they can't do anything to help, and b they're just not equipped mentally equipped to handle the amount of blood and gore and shit that happens. No, it's like seeing a soldier wounded. You know, you have a visceral. It's a horrible uh, reaction you have. You might men, go into shell. I mean, literally, the joke about men passing out. Men actually literally pass out. It just and it's not from the actual baby born. It's from the sight of the horrific horror movie torture porn that's going on. Oh, I would pass out. Yeah, like before the episiotomy. I mean, if you're not I, a trained male medic, if you're not a medic, you're gonna you're gonna feel you're gonna feel queasy. I will leave on that note, Matt. You something you wish to pip and promote this week? How do doctors... <laughs> never mind. Uh, Don't ask me any more medical questions, because it's just showing me you've never been around a woman's scooter long enough. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of grossed you know out by on, You don't know how they pee in airplanes. You don't know how they give birth to women. There is a cord. You need to read the Encyclopedia Britannica, like we did in grade school, to see the lady parts. Wasn't it nice to not know the answers? It was really nice. I, I honestly... That whole cliche about ignorance being bliss, I bought into that completely in my, later in my life. Yeah, I think being dumb is the best thing could ever happen to somebody. Speaking of that, Matt. All right. Uh, <laughs> so Twitter at Matthew Ralston uh, and uh, MattRalston.net. Um, I'm uh, currently I've been on the phone with uh, the NCAA all day. Really? Yeah, because they Your Title Nine scholarship, the Title Nine thing. They allowed the female kicker who kicked one field goal in her entire high school career. Yeah. To have a uh, scholarship to. To play uh, kicker, yes, and uh, so I talked to the school. They don't want to talk to me. No, talk to the NCA. They referred me to the federal government. Yeah, um, and I don't really care. Like it's it's totally it's good for the for the chick who's kicking uh, at an ex- extremely mediocre level. If that, um, how far have you gotten in this pursuit of yours, Matt? And have you noticed people driving behind you trying to drive you off the well, road? Why do people get to say things that are bullshit and no one questions it? No, I think people question it all the time. I just think no one cares after you question it. So like, they don't hit your, your phone. They calls. don't wake up and start dialing numbers. No. <laughs> well, they may, but then they spend all after the first five hours on hold. They give up. Yeah. Because then they realize it's not worthwhile. Brian, what about you? You have something you wish to promote? Yeah, man. I'm still hosting the Starving Artist Variety Show at Bar One. That'll be on June 5th, the first Monday of the month. Got comedians, musicians, maybe a burlesque performer. What about a, mis- a live birth? Do you have a live birth? I, we haven't had one at Starving Artist just yet. But, uh, no, I've been to your show. Nobody's it, even having sex there. Brian's voiceover work is really impressive. Yeah, no, his he, voice. He has such a velvety voice. Thanks, guys. If I, uh, if I ever went gay, it would be like uh, The Rock, but with Brian's voice. <laughs> That's what I would go for. Uh, I want to thank Rocco's in Studio City. Thank you guys. have been tremendous today. Bye, Bob. Uh, it's Lex, Last Man on Earth. Talk to you next week. Hello.